So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Hope you're having an amazing day. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I also want to give a huge thanks to those of you who have left ratings and reviews. Um, I was just checking through them maybe last week. And man, you guys wrote some really nice stuff about the podcast. And I really, really appreciated it. Um, you know, the we don't really ask for reviews to like fluff up our ego. Um, the, uh, the, the reviews basically let people know, hey, this podcast has good content. Here's what you can expect. And so it's not going to be for everybody. Um, but by you leaving a rating or a review, it really does let people know what they can expect. And for those who are looking to grow in sexual integrity, those who are looking to become a better man, maybe overcome pornography, uh, these reviews go a really, really long way. So thanks for doing that. Um, I'm going to read one of these reviews uh, that was uh, really encouraging for me. So um, I started this series. This is, by the way, this is from, um, I won't actually read the name, but it's from it's from somebody who has left. He left this in uh, September. I started this series recently and I'm amazed by the content. It's an eye opener for solving any mental or psychological problem in life. And Sathya presents this step by step. The length of each episode makes this content that might be heavy to listen to easy to take in. Hey, thank you very much, Jakob. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's cool because that's actually one of our goals here. We want to make the content easy to understand and easy to take in, but we want it to, you know, empower you and help you make a difference in your life. So thank you guys for the reviews. And if you haven't left one yet, um, it would really mean the world to me. It really does help us get the word out. Um, I want to talk today um, and I want to, <laughs> I was going to say, I want to talk about something, but really I'm, I'm talking to myself today. Um, this is an episode where it's like, you know, I actually need to hear what I'm about to say just as much as any of you do. Um, it's interesting because, uh, historically speaking, and when I say historically, uh, it's actually not the right word at all. It's not, I don't mean historically like centuries, but, um, certainly I could say in the last hundred years or so. There's been this shift that has taken place in how we understand the nature of God. Now, it's not that this was, it's not that we're like on the cusp of something brand new, like we've discovered something about God that nobody ever knew before. Um, but, you know, as society ebbs and flows and, um, you know, we, we emphasize different things and our, our values change and technology evolves and, you know, there's all these things that factor in that kind of dictate how we connect to the Bible, how we interpret it a little bit, and certainly how we perceive God. Now, I don't know about you. I grew up in a um, like a really loving home, um, a very traditional Christian home. And when my parents started to invest in Christian education when I was about nine or 10 years old, um, and by the way, from the age of 10 to the age of 18, I attended Christian schools exclusively. Um, I got exposed to a lot of Reformed doctrine. And it's really interesting because nobody ever said it. 
in my Christian schools or at my church, nobody ever wrote it in the material that we read. But there was sort of this underlying message that God would never be fully happy with you unless you were perfect. So I kind of lived under this oppressive concept that God was mad at me and that the only way I could really appease God was if I somehow, one way or another, became perfect or at least did things in the moment perfectly. So there's this underlying thing of like, you got to please God, you got to keep him happy, you got to keep giving more, doing your all. If you didn't do it perfect, do it again until you get it right. Um, we don't want to upset the big guy. And I really mean this, like nobody ever said that. It was never preached from a stage. Uh, it, it was never in any of the supplementary material we were reading. It certainly wasn't in the Bible. But the, the kind of underlying thing was this idea of like, you earn God's happiness. And if, you, if you're bad, then God is mad at you. That was sort of what I was taught. Okay, now one of my mentors taught me this. I, I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned it on the podcast before. How you see God determines who you become. Let me say that again. How you see God determines who you become. So if God is always angry, if he's a perfectionist, if it's never good enough, if God is relentless in you know, his pursuit of things being, you know, to the utmost standard. What does that say about you? How might it shape the person that you become? Well, you might become very rigid. You might become a perfectionist. You might raise your kids or interact with your friends or your significant others in a way that conveys perfectionist ideals and standards. See, if, if, if God is expecting things perfectly from you, then you will also expect perfection from others. How you see God determines who you become. It, it, it shapes the character. It shapes the values. So we got to make sure that we get this thing right. Now, this comes up a lot in the subject of sexual misbehavior because, of course, we all learn... Um, you know, on the uh, on the podcast tomorrow, we're releasing an interview with Andrew Bauman, who is um, you know a really respected writer in this space, and and he he phrased it better than I could. Um, he says, "Growing up in the Deep South, we learned porn bad, sex before uh, marriage bad, or porn bad, sex marriage only." So that's like that's all we were taught. So. If you are kind of already operating under this paradigm of like, okay, God has standards. If we fall short of the standards, God's mad at us. We have to appease his anger by repenting, by for, you know, asking for forgiveness and cleaning up our mess. And then we carry on and, and the cycle kind of repeats itself. Like if that's the paradigm you live under, then when you start learning about sexuality and you learn the standards, that means that we, we by default feel ashamed and, and that we are almost worthy of God's wrath when we fall short. So this becomes a huge problem because it prevents you 
from experiencing healthy sexuality. Because you will, you will try to approach your sexual health and wholeness by simply trying to appease God. When the truth is that God is not mad at you and God could not love you any more than he does right now in this moment. It's impossible. He will not love you more. You should really think about that statement. God is not mad at you. You might have watched porn today, right before you listen to this episode. God is not mad at you. God is not holding that against you. He's not hanging it over his head being like, hello, like, aren't you going to come repent over here? He's not mad at you. God, he is holding nothing against you. Somebody needs to hear this today. Like God, God is on your side. God is love. He, he is love. He is the voice of encouragement. God, God is not necessarily condoning everything that you've done. But he is able to actually separate what you've done from who you are. Which is why his affection and his thoughts towards you are unaffected by your behavior. So if you hear nothing else, just simply hear the words, God is not mad at you. Uh, for me, when, when God was mad at me, like when I kind of had that paradigm, like, okay, God's mad at me if I don't do things properly, so I'm going to work hard, I'm going to make sure I'm perfect. And if I'm not perfect, I'm going to try to present the image of being perfect at least, because that's kind of the next best thing. And what it, what it does is it stifles your sexuality and it prevents you from loving yourself. Prevents you from loving yourself. That's been a huge theme in our community lately. And uh, even a guy I interviewed for the podcast, uh, his episode's coming out at the end of this month, end of December. Um, his name's Jeremy Holcomb. And we talked about, um, you know, working through triggers, emotional intelligence, and really like what, what does it actually mean to love yourself like real time? You know, he gave us like some great examples. So it's been coming up a lot lately. And you will not be able to actually have any self-worth if God is angry. It's, fa it's a fascinating concept. But the reality is as long as God is, is this perfectionist guy who, who holds these standards and is only happy when you reach them, then you will never actually feel good about yourself. Because true self-worth is crystallized by the affection of the authorities in our life. Self-worth is crystallized by the affection of the authorities in our life. So what that means is if you start to have good thoughts about yourself, but you go to your parents and you present these thoughts like, you know, like, Daddy, I think I'm really good at this. And he goes, you think you're good? You, don't, you haven't seen good. Look at your older brother. That's good. He, he can actually do it. But you're, you're getting there. Like that, that deflation, that lack of affirmation, the lack of love and tenderness in that response, it, it basically demoralizes any of the confidence that might have been there. And this is how we tend to respond. This is how parents will respond if they are governed by an authority that is mad at them, a.k.a. God. That's why how you see God determines how you become. So if you have a hard time maybe wrapping your head around this, like, okay, Cynthia, what do you mean God 
God doesn't love me or can't love me any more than he loves me right now. Maybe it's hard for you to imagine that God could even love you through all of the mistakes you've made. Um, you know, maybe you think, yeah, like when I'm doing well, I can, I can believe God loves me. I'm feeling pretty good about myself spiritually. I'm good. Um, but when I'm really struggling, it's hard, you know, and I, I, I kind of shy away from God and I sort of shun him cause I don't, I don't really want to deal with it cause I'm, I'm afraid I've disappointed him. I've let him down and that, you know, I'm going to incur some sort of ramification. So if, if you struggle with those things, you want some help. Let me just say, um, you and I are in this thing together. Like I'm working on this daily and I've gotten a lot better. I have a much more, I guess, comprehensive understanding of God's love for me. That's not just a cerebral thing, but it, it really has shaped the way that I view myself, the way I, I correspond with him and, and the way I go about my life. But I'm still working on it. So here are some things that I've done that have really helped me. Number one, when you make a mistake, learn to feel God's love. When you make a mistake, learn to feel God's love. What do I mean? The next time that you mess up, okay, whether you watch porn, you yell at your kids, um, you know, you tell a little white lie. Before you repent, okay, before you ask for forgiveness, before you even right the wrong, turn your attention towards God and remind yourself, God, you love me. Now, I'm not saying you should do that in replacement of repentance, of forgiveness, of cleaning up your mess. Far from it. I'm just saying start there. That really goes a long way for me. Like when I've messed up, when I make a mistake, just to go to God and remind myself, God, you love me perfectly in this moment right now. That is actually, that's sort of the, the test because when life is good, like we can all believe that God loves us, you know, and when we're doing well and we're on a clean streak and, you know, we're resisting porn and we're, um, I don't know, we're reading the Bible more. Like we, we can kind of justify that God loves us and that makes sense. It, it resonates. But when God is, um, or when you have fallen short and you can walk in God's love, then you can still believe you're loved. That's the mark of Christian maturity. That, that is how you actually walk out this whole thing that how you see God determines who you become. What happens when things are tough? That is the actual question. Nothing is more revealing in life than a trial. Just remember that. So the first thing you can do is ask God, ask him like, why do you love me? Or God, show me your love. Show me your love. What is it? Like, just remind me again of your love. Or, or God, I remind myself that you perfectly love me in this moment where I have fallen short. Start there. Make it a habit. Like, build that into your mental muscle memory. Secondly, in your journaling, which hopefully you are a journaler. If you're not a journaler, you have not listened to this podcast long enough. I will convert you. I promise I'll get there. If you're a journaler, um, continue to ask God the simple question, why does he love you? Why does he love you? Again, this is going to start to shape how God actually perceives you. And how God perceives you is what we're really after. Because when there is alignment with our self-esteem, our self-image, and God's perception of who we are, that is when we walk in our identity. So ask God, why, why do you love me? What makes me worthy? 
What do you love about me? What are some qualities you really love? And lastly, is learn to worship God for who he truly is. Get into the Bible. Like really begin to understand the characteristics, attributes, and nature of God. Okay, very important. We cannot just look at his acts. We cannot just look at the things he has done. What we're actually the most interested in is his nature. We want to try to understand what do his acts actually say about who he is. That is what we're trying to do. That's what we're after. And, and what we want to do is we want to get that in the most biblical, biblically accurate light possible. So that our understanding of God is, again, it's not just some positive thoughts that we conjured up on our own. It's the truth. It's based on the word of God and it can actually be backed up and proven. And as your image of God is shaped by scripture, your image of self will start to align with the image of God and with God's image of you. So I know we got, we got a little bit deeper there than I was expecting. This is really just supposed to be the God's not mad at you talk, but here we are. We're talking about identity. That's like a staple message for me if you guys have been listening. But, um, you know, I, I think if you get nothing else from this, let me just remind you, God is not mad at you, okay? He's not holding things against you. He's not hanging it over your head. We all fall short. I'm working regularly to remind myself God loves me. That God doesn't care if, if deep clean like blows up and reaches a million people or if it reaches one. He loves what we're doing. He doesn't care if Unleash the Man podcast gets 100,000 downloads or 20,000 downloads. He, he, he loves us just the same. So I'm reminding myself of that today and I want to encourage you to do the same. God is not mad at you. There's nothing you could do in this moment to make God love you more. And in this moment, the way that God loves you cannot become any greater. He loves you so much. He is so consistent in his love. And it is so independent of your behavior, of your actions, of your attitude. That I can confidently say he will never love you more than he loves you now in this moment. And in all the moments that have led up to this one. So that's everything for today, guys. God's not mad at you. He's cheering you on. You think I'm a good cheerleader? You think I'm the one cheering you on? God, God is cheering you on, encouraging you every step of the way and leading you into the truth, into the fullness of life, into everything he has created you to be. And if you, maybe you, you got some of these practicals and you're like, Sathya, that's great, but I'm, I can't do that. I'm, I'm just learning or I'm really struggling. Find somebody that you can trust that's going to be able to help you with this. Find Find a pastor, find a connect group leader, find a men's ministry leader, find podcast, find a coach, find a consultant, find somebody who can help you get your view of God aligned with the truth. Because if you can start to see him for who he truly is, you'll start to see yourself the same way. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. And uh, I want to encourage you, if, you, if you're looking for some supplementary reading, um, some scripture reading, read Colossians 1. Read it top to bottom. And spend a lot of time in verses 19 to 23. Um, because those scriptures are jam-packed with some really good identity stuff. But you need the first 19 verses of the chapter to give you context and framework. So you can properly absorb what is said in verses 19 and 23. I'm cheering you guys on. I, I so appreciate you guys 
And I have so much love in my heart. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this brought value to you. And if there's anything we can do here on our end that's going to help you out more, let us know. Um, you can email us at podcast.theasam.com. I'll put that email in the show notes. And uh, I wish you an incredible day, guys. We'll talk very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.